It's time for America's most unique motorsports show, Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys, brought to you by Rod and Supply and the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott, who's running the show today. You will not see Kirk Elliott sit in this chair right here today because he is running the show. Our our friend Todd Surprise is under the weather, and uh, we're going to miss Todd today. And uh, we got a good show lined up for you. We're going to talk a lot about the King of America at Humboldt Speedway this weekend, and also the Battle of the Bull Ring. Uh, we're going to talk to Johnny Allen here in just a little bit. He is one of the owners of uh, not only 81 Speedway, but Humboldt Speedway as well. And then we're going to talk to the latest winner of the uh, uh, USMTS race. He beat Larry Phillips. I mean, Terry Phillips, I should say. Uh, that was that was hard for me to say there, Kirk. Uh Terry Phillips, he beat Terry Phillips. Todd Berry is going to join us. He drives the 11X car. And then a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk to Trenton Berry about their broadcast they're going to be doing to, tonight, or this weekend, I should say, um, at Humboldt Speedway. It's King of America at Humboldt and the Battle of the Bull Ring. Kirk, how you doing today, bud? Hey, I'm hanging in there, Scott. Just, uh, you know, we're back here punching the controls where Todd normally would be. But, uh, you know, I'm more nervous doing this today, Scott, than I am any other day just sitting in you on the show here. So why, this, why this just that? all points out to how tough a job that Todd has back here. Todd, we miss you. Wish you were here. Get well soon. Yep. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll roll along here today. We've got uh, got a lot to talk about, don't we? Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, we see uh, Tammy is checked in. Tom's, Tom Hahn is checked in. Tommy, uh, we appreciate everybody checking in for the show today. And um, Kirk, um, it's a pretty big weekend for Humboldt Speedway this weekend, isn't it? It is one of the crown jewel races of all of uh, modified racing. It is the uh, annual King of America race. Pays $12,000 to win on Saturday night. It all gets underway with a practice session on Wednesday. And then we've got preliminary races on Thursday and Friday. And looking at the weather, Scott, looks like it's going to warm up. It's going to be nice this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Kirk, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what happened this last weekend. Uh, Rico Abreu picks up the win at Lincoln. What would you think about that race? Uh, man, how impressive was Rico in that race? You know, uh, we had uh, Brad Sweet jump out to a lead, and it looked like he was well on his way to uh, victory up there, but uh, Rico had other ideas. You know who impressed me more than anything this weekend, Kirk, was Devin Borden. Uh, he, he got up there, he led a lap. I think he led a lap or two. Uh, let me look here and see if he did lead a lap. Um, but Devin Borden is the best he'd ever finished at Lincoln with the World of Outlaws was 15th, and he ended up running third the other night. How about that? Very impressive run. Mm -hmm. for You know, and that was a, uh, a racetrack that was 
you know, everybody calls it tricky. That was one of the uh, words that uh, a lot of these guys used, a very tricky racetrack. And you add that new tire that they started on uh, Friday night or Saturday night, uh, then that adds a whole lot of question marks to everybody going out on that racetrack with that new race tire. Right, no doubt. Um, did you think Brad Sweet was going to win that race, Kurt? I did. Once he jumped out in front, I thought that it was his to lose. And, right. uh, you know, Rico just had a faster race car. Yeah. And uh, last week's guest on Mostly Motorsports, Carson Macedo, he ended up running fourth. What do you think about that? Uh, he Another strong run by uh, Carson. I was a little bit surprised David Gravel faded there towards the end of the race. I think his car went away. But Carson, you know, he ran a strong race. Uh about what you'd expect the 41 to run. Uh, but I was surprised that David Gravel faded there towards the end of that race. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, you know, uh, it, 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 it's such a – it was such cold weather up there. It was like 44 degrees. And let me just tell you, for the fans that showed up at that race and and – weathered that that cold weather i'm telling you right now the pa posse the the fans that live up in that area are second to none would you agree with me on that yeah i'm not surprised at all uh that uh that place was packed on saturday night the cold weather is not going to keep those diehard sprint car fans way up in pennsylvania and especially lincoln speedway they have a Pretty loyal following up there, so we knew it was going to be cold on Saturday night. It's a good thing they started earlier, uh, you know, with hot laps, I think, what, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon? Try to get done, right? you know, at a decent hour, as cold as it was, but I'm not a bit surprised the place was filled up. Uh, no doubt. Well, it, it wasn't really full, but it was, there was a lot of fans there, though. Yeah. A lot of fans in the infield. I, I noticed that. Um, it was 39 degrees when my husband and I got in our car to go home. That's what Tammy said. That's cold enough. That cold is, enough to put a heavy winter coat on, that's for sure. Well, let me just tell you, um, Tammy, if, if, if you chose to go to that race and freeze like that, you're as diehard as they get. Justin Pecks would have been a factor if the race was longer. Would you think that, Kurt? Uh, yeah, he made a he made a really strong run, uh, and that's a racetrack. He's uh, from twelve twelve to fifth, right? And that that's a racetrack. He's that's typically in his wheelhouse. He's got a lot of laps around that place, and uh, I think if that, if that had been a few more laps, he would have pushed his way up there. I'm not saying that he would have won the race, but I think he would have picked off another couple of positions on that for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, what what did you think of the race overall? Uh, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a good race because they were kind of slipping around all over the place. Uh, they they were kind of slipping and sliding around, and uh, cars moving around the racetrack. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was pretty good. What about you? Well, I, I listen. Once Rico got out in the lead, he kind of stretched it out a little bit, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But the, the action from there on back, I mean, you had to kind of keep your eyes on all over the racetrack because the way the cars were moving around, 
And I'm not sure, you know, what that new race tire had to do about that because that, that track's usually that way anyway. Uh, most of the guys that were interviewed after the race talking about that tire didn't see a whole lot of difference from the old right, tire. Right, and, and we've got a little video that we're going to show a little bit later in the show. Um, uh, the, the 41 Tire Tech is going to explain what the difference is between the new tire and the old tire. What do you think about that, Kurt? I've got that video right now if you want to play it. You want to run it right now? Uh, we can. Let's uh, Let's just do that. Let's just play it right now. Can you can you reach over there? Can you do all this at once, Kurt? We're going to try. All right. Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a try. Hi, everybody. My name's Nathan Repitz. I'm the tire specialist on the Jason Johnson Racing All-Ba 41 team. Uh, you've heard a lot of talk about tires in the news lately. Well, we're making some history today at the fabulous Lincoln Speedway. We're rolling out a brand new Hoosier tire. I'm here to give you guys a tech talk and the five main differences between the old H tires and these new D tires. Point number one is the most obvious difference, and that is the tread pattern on these new tires. If you look down here on the right side, I have one of the old H tires. Of course, this one is used. We used up as much of the stock as we can. And this was grooved, but you see the basic differences here. These old tires were designed to be run one way and one way only. So the shape of the blocks is different from one side to the other. And you'll also notice the Hoosier paint is on the outside of the tire but it's not on the inside. You come over here to the new DA tire and you'll see that it's designed to be run non-directional. That means there's no right or wrong way to run this. The you have the same pattern on one side and the other, and the Hoosier paint is also present on both sides. It doesn't matter which way we run these. Uh, this is so we can flip them after we run them a couple times, maybe get uh, sharper edges back after they get feathered, extend the life of our tires a little bit more. You'll also see that the new tires have a lot smaller blocks and there's a lot more holes. These holes are for letting heat out. They're hoping that these will not bl uh, blister or chunk out or just really get too hot too quickly, extending the life of our tires. Point number two is camber of the tires. Um, it's a little difficult to see with our examples in front of us, but long story short, they took the camber out of both of these rear tires. Um, when you look at the old tire, which is dismounted at this point, the outside of the uh, left rear was a little lower than the inside just because of the way the car leans. Um, what they did is they made this new tire completely flat across. Uh, that will allow us to flip them and run them the other direction more easily. All right, point number three is the compound of the tire. The compound referring to how hard the rubber is. It's easy on the left rear. There was no change. If you're familiar with a durometer, that's still going to be around the low 30s, around 35 points. Uh, but the right rear is where Hoosier made the change. This new right rear tire is about three to five points harder um, than the old H tire. With the durometer, I was getting about 38 to 40 points. 
of hardness on the right rear tires. To put that in perspective for you, uh, your all-season car tires are going to be about 60 to 70. So it's still a very soft compound, but they did uh, stiffen the right rears up just a little bit, hoping to let the right rears wear a little bit better as we run them. And on that note with compounds comes to the name of them. When you look at the sidewall of the tires, this block right here shows you what that compound is. Now we are referring to these as D15A for the right rear and D12A for the left rear. We used to have a choice between an H12 and H15 on the left rears. Now almost every team would run an H12 almost every night. So to simplify their production, we are down to one hardness compound, the D12A. It is worth mentioning that they changed the casing options a little bit on the left rears. So 94, uh, it was built to be around 94 inches in circumference. Because of the way these are built, we do get size variations either way. That's how we dial in stagger. Now on the H12 tires, we had a choice between a 92, 94 short, 94 tall, 95 and 96 casing. Now at these D12As, they split the 94s and they got rid of the 95. So our options are 92, 93, 94, or 96. The last major difference is the sidewall stiffness of these tires. This is an old H12 left rear that's dismounted so I can show you that example. You have the sidewall here and they're steel belts coated in rubber. Um, and then what I'm referring to is how flexible, hard or soft this sidewall is. On the right rear tires, they stiffened the sidewalls just a little bit. On the left rear tires, they soften the sidewall just a little bit. And Hoosier believes this will allow the tires to work together as a set a little bit better than they were before. What does this mean for us? Well, when we're out running on the track, um, a softer sidewall tire can compress under load a little bit easier, uh, but it could also grow up and expand at high speeds a little bit better. Uh, so if you were at a large track, you could actually lose a little stagger at the end of the straightaway if your left rear started to grow up. That's something we're gonna have to take into consideration with how the weight is transferred, with how our ride heights are, and we're gonna see who figures it out a little bit quicker, I guess. So those are the five main points of difference between our old and new tires. So for these first couple nights, we're all gonna be learning together, uh, giving feedback to our crew chiefs, trying to make changes and put our drivers out front. And make sure you tune in on Dirt Vision if you can't be here in person. I'm Nathan Repitz, and thanks for joining us. Well, there you have it, Nathan Repis. Uh, nice job explaining those tires right there, Kirk. Did you did you sponge up any of that right there? I did, but uh, you know, just going to change the setups on all these uh, race cars uh, throughout the course of the season. As much changes that they're going to make uh, on these uh, race tires, and I didn't even really know that they were going to do this, Scott. And I I saw a couple of drivers that didn't know until they got to the racetrack they were coming out with this new tire. I think most of the people knew that that tire was coming. But th did they know when that was coming? I can't hear you, Kurt. Did they? Did they know? Did they know when it was coming? Kurt, you can turn you up a little bit there. Okay, all right. 
So, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, most of the people knew that tire was coming. I, I don't think that was a big surprise to anybody. I think everybody knew it was kind of coming. I can't hear you, Kurt. Uh, so anyway, uh, there you have it. Uh, that was a great explanation by Nathan on that tire right there. Um, uh, again, uh, today's uh, Mostly Motorsports is brought to you by Rod End Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. And um, what, do, what, what do you guys think about that tire? You think it's going to make a big difference? It seems to me that they can flip that tire around and they can they can swap it around and run it in the opposite direction if they want to. So, anyway, uh, I think that's going to be uh, uh, kind of tricky for the teams that uh, have been out there running the, the conventional Hoosier tire for all these years. I think it's going to play a a, 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 a giant role in the uh, in, in the way that these cars are going to work a little bit. Kurt, uh, there can you, you hear are. me now? Yeah, I don't know. Best must push the wrong button there. No, uh, I I think the whole idea is to try to save these teams money. Isn't that the whole idea? Yeah. You Come know, out with fewer fewer uh, race uh, tires. I I don't know how much the tire is going to cost. To be honest with you, I have no idea how much this tire is going to cost. But what I do know is is that here as of lately, that we've seen these tires going for three hundred and fifty dollars, which is way up. So, uh, AJ Butler just said, uh, $330 for this tire. Is that, is that save a lot of money or just a little bit of money? Fewer choices of tires means you have, have to carry fewer tires out on the road. I don't know. All right. Well, uh, time will tell. Uh, how they will work out with with the new tire uh, should be interesting. Million dollar race, that's going to be interesting. The million dollar race, right there, trying to figure out these tires. But by then, I think the teams will figure them out, don't you? Well, I, you know, these guys are really good out there to, as far as getting the setups right. Uh, they'll figure it out, and I don't, I, do, I don't anticipate it changing the race in a whole lot. But if if it's gonna save them money on on tire on the tire bill out there, I guess it's all worth it. But right. uh, I think it, there'll there'll be some transition time to try to get the setups all figured out. I think you probably have to throw all the setups that these guys had right out the window, would you not? No, no, no doubt. This tire is not going to be anything like the the tire that they've been using. So we'll just have to see how it all works out. All right, we're going to take a break right now, Kirk. And when we come back, Johnny Allen, one of the owners of 81 Speedway and Humboldt Speedway, is going to join us. We're going to talk a little bit about the King of America at Humboldt this weekend and the Battle of the Bull Ring. It's the B-Mods are going to be running the Battle of the Bull Ring, and the King of America at Humboldt um, will be the USMTS cars as well. 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, more of Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house. We do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. 
Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott. Joining us now on the show is a, a, a longtime friend of the Racing Boys, Johnny Allen. How are you doing, Johnny? Man, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing today? We're, we're doing really well. This is a big weekend for you. Yeah, it is. You know, we have the uh, Kingdom of America and the Battle at the Bull Ring uh, combined at Humboldt Speedway this weekend. We start practicing Wednesday, and we race Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, it's a complete show for each division each night. They'll be qualifying and in feature races each night, and uh, we're really looking forward to it. Yeah. Johnny, um, l- let's talk a little bit about uh, the magnitude of this race. Uh, this is one of the biggest USMTS races uh, on the schedule this year, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And the, uh, the feedback that I get from the drivers, and, of course, when I was racing, it's it's one of those you want to win. Yeah. You know, it, it uh, puts you down in the record books of being the king of America, which is uh, – you know, that's a great title for a race. And then, you know, for the B-Mods, the Battle at the Bull Rings, uh, really challenging because you have all the different sanctioning bodies coming in to race at the battle. You know, you've got IMCA Northern Sport Mods. You've got uh, USRA right. cars. you got Wasota. They call them Midwest Mods, but at the battle, they're, they're classified as B-Mods. Right. And these guys come from all over the United States and Canada. And they want to see how they shake out, you know, compared to everybody else. So uh, it's a real good, uh, oh, uh, proving place to kind of set the tone for the season. You know, if you roll out a Humboldt as the winner of the Battle of the Bull Ring, you know you're one of the top BMOD teams in the country, you know. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this. As a former driver, do you miss racing a little bit? Oh, I miss it a ton. Uh, I would love to be racing still. I just chose to um, focus more on business, and I had the opportunity working with FOE Enterprises to kind of, uh, you know, to be the general manager of these facilities, and hopefully I can lead racing in a positive direction, and that will, you know, uh, things just kind of come together so that I could stay involved, and hopefully my input is, is positive and we just keep on building on these on at these facilities and on these races. Do you kind of live through your kid a little bit? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, but he's he's learning and uh yeah, I mean it's always nice to watch your watch your kids race and uh, you know, kind of I go out in the shop a little bit with them. I don't I'm not out there that much anymore because running both these racetracks, I stay pretty busy and I still have Allen's Automotive, you know, our speed shop. So right. I'm pretty pretty hooked up. You got a lot going on in your life right now, don't you? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's it's all good. Yeah, no doubt. Um, let, let's talk a little bit about the the format that's going into the King of America and uh, the Battle of the Bull Ring this weekend. Um, kind of break it down a little bit for us, would you? Okay, the uh, King of America, the USMTS Modifieds, they will come in and run their group time trials. Then they line the heat races up with a, I want to, I believe it's a six-car invert now. Mm -hmm. And then it heads up out of heat races to the features. 
with the battle at the Bullring B mods, it'll be draw for your lineup position in the heat race and then straight passing points to line up the features. Right. And each show, each night is its own complete show. There's, you know, the payouts every night. Uh, you know, if you win Thursday night, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be in the feature Saturday. So everybody's right. got a good chance. Uh, instead of doing it cumulative where we qualified Thursday and Friday and everything built towards Saturday, uh, you know, this time of year with the weather and stuff, we just thought we would do a complete show each night and, and they're their own entity. And I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to work out well. Yeah. No doubt, which I think most people would identify, and I, I know Trent and Barry hates me when I say this, but when you look at modified racing, USMTS is basically the world of outlaws of modified racing. Would you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. It's uh, I feel like they've got the best modifieds on the planet that race with him every week and with the points fund that Todd's put together, uh, he's has a loyal following of, I would, I'm going to say there's 20 cars that made all the races last year. You know, I'm not sure about that, but I mean, as a promoter, it's nice that when you bring those guys in, you know, you're going to get the, the who's who of modified racing and, yeah. and there's going to be a bunch of them that can win the race. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Let's uh, let's talk about uh, these drivers that are going to be driving at uh, uh, Humboldt this weekend. Man, you've got uh, just a wide variety of great modified drivers, and you know you t- talk about Jake Tim, Jason Hughes, uh, Dan Ebert, um, Tom Barry. Uh, there's a lot of great drivers in this in this uh, division here, isn't there? Yes, there is. There's. Uh... A lot of established drivers that have been doing it a long time on the touring series. And then he's got a fresh group of young people that are coming in that are very competitive. And that mix is uh, very exciting, you know, from a grandstand side, you know, you can, you can always find somebody to cheer for. Right. And, and if you're rooting for one of our local drivers, Darren Fuqua, he's pretty good as well, isn't he? Uh, he's awesome at Humboldt. He's come close to winning the deal. Um, I believe that he will win it. Uh, this could be the year, you know. Uh, as far as regional racers around here, you got Darren and Tanner Mullins, Tyler Davis, a whole host of them that I feel are good enough that could win the King of America. Yeah, and and a lot of people can watch it on Dirt uh, RacingDirt.com this weekend if it, it looks like you're gonna you, you're hitting it out of the ballpark this weekend it looks like you're gonna have some warm weather this weekend it look it looks like it's in your favor yes well we think the weather's going to be good um we do have a slight chance of rain a couple of mornings but the accumulation is not very much at all so uh, we're very excited you know we moved it one week later this year and you know, hopefully we made a good decision and it works out better. Right, right. Uh, we do have, you know, uh, ticket sales. We've got a lot of people calling about tickets. Our suites are sold out. Uh, we do have some reserved seat back seating left. 
Uh, one thing I'd want to mention is today at 5 o'clock is the deadline for the, for the race teams to get their uh, discounted pre-entry entry price. And there's a link on HumboldtSpeedway.com. takes you right to where you enter. And you have till 5 o'clock today to take advantage of that. Uh, and then it goes up to the race day price. But, um, no, everything's coming together well. Yeah. And, and, and people can bring their RVs out there as well, too, right? That is correct. We have primitive camping. We don't have any hookups. Right. We do have, in the pit area, the restrooms, the men and the ladies' restrooms both have a shower in them, which are free to use. Uh, we have a nice campground that's adjacent to the pit area. It's inside the fence for the pit area. Uh, if all the occupants are buying pit passes, that's a great place to camp. Mm-hmm. If you're going in the grandstands, uh, we have limited camping on the very north side of the spectator parking. And then we have some more over on the east side of the property outside of the pit area. So, you know, usually we can we can get somebody get them accommodated and where they can enjoy themselves. We've got a band Friday night after the races, the Trevor Holman band will be playing. Um, we're running two classes, so we should be able to get over fairly early where people can enjoy it. They can socialize and meet the drivers and hang out and just have a big party. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, l- let's talk a little bit about 81 Speedway. Um, that place races a totally different than it did before it had the wall, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Uh, that's another thing. You know, you love it when a plan comes together. But we did that, you know, after we purchased the facility, we sat down and talked about it and thought that that would help. Uh, we put the time in, built the wall and the catch fences and stuff, and I think it, it has definitely been an attribute to the racing that and our track prep crew works really hard uh we did buy some additional equipment and uh you know just a combination of that has worked out real well yeah um as as a a former driver what do you bring to the table that um that that most people you know, a, a lot of times it doesn't work out when a, a driver tries to become a promoter. But you've done a really an exceptional job at doing it. Uh, tell us your philosophy behind that. And, and coming from a driver to being a promoter, to tell us your philosophy there a little bit. Well, it's multifaceted for sure. But I guess to boil it down is I try to treat the racers and the fans how I would like to be treated is if I was in their shoes. Mm-hmm. But saying that, that also becomes a time sometimes that, you know, somebody's got to be in charge. And right. I try to make policy that is fair and it's uniform, you know, there's, it's not, well, so-and-so you treat this way or you treat this guy this way. You know, I just try to be uniform and, and treat everybody with the utmost respect. And um, so far, it's worked out pretty well. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention, because, you know, I traveled up and down the road with the Luke Soil ASCS 
uh, well, it's not the Lucasville ASCS National Tour anymore. It's the ASCS National Tour, and you guys are going to mm-hmm. have you're going to have them there in June, I believe, right? Yes, uh, they'll be at 81 Speedway in June, and they will also be at Humboldt Speedway. I believe it's June 16th. I need to. I should have had my uh, schedule up here. That's a race that we just added. But right. we will have the ASCS there at both tracks, and they will be twice. The National Series will be at 81 twice. Right. And, and you're also going to have the Extreme Outlaw Midgets there um, this year as well. Yeah, that's going to be very exciting. Um, um, that is uh, May 5th at Humboldt Speedway. Right. And we've got, we're also in featuring wingless Outlaw Sprint cars. Um, with them, and then May 6th at 81 Speedway, and the wingless sprint cars are running with them there also. So it's kind of an open-wheel weekend for us. Uh, we've had the, the wingless sprint car group there several years in a row, and they always put on a great job, you know, great racing. Right. And uh, the Extreme Outlaw Midgets, I feel like that they've got the best midget show in the country. I'm really excited about having them. Yeah, and you're also going to be running the Sooner Late Model Series there as well. Talk about late model racing at Humboldt. Well, uh, this year's the first year we're bringing the Sooners in to Humboldt. We've had a great relationship with them at 81. Uh, They always have good car count and put on good races, so we're really excited to bring them in at Humboldt. Uh, We do have uh, a 30,000-win World Outlaw late model race at 81 Speedway in June. And, uh, you know, late model racing is strong. We're we're happy to have them guys. Right. Hey, uh, Johnny, uh, this time of the year holding a race, that's got to be a a particular challenge in prepping a racetrack, which is a lot different than prepping a track in the middle of the season. You're just coming off a cold snap. Uh, Just what are the biggest challenges in late March of preparing as good a racetrack as you can possibly get it for this weekend's King of America? Uh, yeah, it, it's a big challenge. And Ryan Whitworth's been working for a month and a half getting the track prepped. Uh, we, we generally try to be a little packed a little harder this time of year. That way, if we do get rains, um, they won't wipe the racetrack out and it get rough. Uh, part of the problem is, I mean, like we had an Enduro at 81 Speedway Saturday and the water truck was freezing up because oh, it man. was so cold, you know, so there's, there's those things that you got to contend with. If you do get a nice day where you ha- where you can work and put water on and stuff, then you got to go back through and winterize all your equipment again at the end of the day, right? you know, because it'll be cold the next day. But no, it's, um, you know, the main thing is, is, probably try to get the racetracks a little harder so that uh, if we do get moisture that they don't tear up and get rough. And other than that, it's pretty much the same, just, uh, you know, a little colder weather. And who better to know than Ryan Whitworth, the former owner of the track. He's got a lot of experience with this event this time of the year. And uh, having him still on board, that's a big help, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Whitworths have been great. you know, Ryan Ryan does a tremendous job on a track prep there and with his experience of 
his family owning the track all these years and seeing different scenarios and and stuff i mean it's just uh makes it a lot of fun takes a little bit of load off me uh because i you know i just don't have to worry about it um whether the track's going to be ready or not he just takes care of it um i do have a a good track crew at 81 but i spend more time with those guys out there you know doing the prep work and stuff so you know ryan's a huge asset yeah no doubt well johnny we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on mostly motorsports um again it's all brought to you by rod and supply featuring the power eye midwest lightning sprints um Thanks so much for joining us on here. Is there anything that you need to add to to this weekend and let everybody know what's going on out there this weekend? Um, no, this weather's going to be good. I hope that they can all make it out. They can check the uh, schedule of events and get all the times and pricing and everything at uh, HumboldtSpeedway.com. And, you know, check out our, we've got a very aggressive schedule at 81 Speedway this year with two World Outlaw Sprint Car races, a World Outlaw Light Mall race, ASCS National Races. Holy cow. You know, check that out at 81speedway.com and hopefully we'll see you at the races. Hey, quickly about that World of Outlaws event coming up. Uh, that That's huge for 81 Speedway. Yes, we are very fortunate to have it. Uh, thing just kind of fell in our lap when the family decided they wanted to to move venues on that we've been trying to work with outlaws and get a date and it just all came together and we've got the jason johnson classic and um it's going to be a tremendous event yeah do you think there ever be a time when we'll see a world of outlaw event at humboldt i don't know scott um it's not out of the question but it is a smaller facility you're right. And with the cost of bringing those events in, uh, we would have to. It's a challenge. We'd have to do. It would be challenging. I mean, we had a great event last year with the World Outlaw Lake Malls. Uh, we were really close to capacity at Humboldt. The racing was awesome. The pits were full. And it basically was a break even. Mm-hmm. So that's why we changed and added two days at 81 and took the the world outlaw late malls off of humboldt and brought in the sooner late malls which is a more manageable purse um i'm not going to say it's not going to happen because we do have big you know we want to be big time auto race promoters you know uh so it it could definitely happen again but we're going to have to do some strategic planning to make it work out yeah, no doubt. Well, Johnny, thanks for taking the time to join us here on the show today, man. We appreciate it, and we'll be we'll be watching um, on uh, RacingDirt dot com. Uh, I'm kind of stuck in the studio here, and uh, yeah, I, 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 I might make it down there on it. Saturday. Man, just let me know. I'd love to see you guys and visit again. I appreciate everything you do with the show. I listen to you all the time. When I'm running back and forth between Humboldt and Wichita, and uh, very enjoyable and informative, I get to I pick up on a lot of stuff what's going on around us that I wouldn't normally get to hear, you know. Right. Okay, Johnny. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. All right. Thank you. All right. There you have it, Johnny Allen, 
one of the promoters at 81 Speedway and Humboldt Speedway. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with more here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. 
Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back. It's mostly motorsports. Again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. I want to remind everybody what's going on up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum right now. Um, they are giving away a 2023 Z06 Corvette with the Z07 Performance Package. It's a pearl white Metallica tri-coat color. And they're also going to give you $25,000 in cash to help pay for the taxes. This is a great car, folks. It is a, a, a race car on the street is what it is. It makes 760 horsepower. It's 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds. It's an 8-speed automatic, and it's got the big brakes, big tires, and it's got the aero package on it. It, it is a, a, just a great opportunity for you to support the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, folks. All the proceeds from all the raffle tickets that are bought for this Corvette, all the money goes directly to the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. And you can buy those raffle tickets at winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. This engine is built by one person, and they put their signature on this motor, and it, it is a uh, a really just a state of the art car, Kirk, isn't it? Uh, it is, and uh, you know it's going to be up there in the uh, window at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum here in the next few weeks. Uh, I haven't. We need to speak with Bob to see when they're expect to take delivery of this thing, but uh, that that's going to be a real showpiece. I've said all along, I think this is the best Corvette that they've had up there. No doubt. It's it's nicer than the one they had last year. I think so. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, it's a race car on wheels. Is a race car on the street. I mean, if you want a real is race I mean. car on the on the street, yeah, this is the car to get right here, right? Absolutely. So the drawing is going to be one week after the Knoxville Nationals this year on August the nineteenth. So you got plenty of time to get entered, and uh, you don't have to enter only once. You can do it many times. Right. Enter as much as you can. It gives you a better chance to win. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, what did you uh, what you think about that uh, that race at um, at Lincoln the other night? Did, did you think I was a little disappointed in David Gravel? He ended up running tenth. Did you see that? Yeah, he faded. He said after the race he won that uh, that little challenge series that they had. They ran uh, 
you know, the races at Volusia and just one race in Pennsylvania that included in that. So mm-hmm. he finished uh, second in that to uh, Carson Macedo, I believe. So right. Carson won that overall challenge race. But, uh, yeah, he faded there just a little bit to the end. He talked about that uh, during that interview that he gave with Chase Rodman there about, uh, you know, finishing at the top of that uh, challenge series that uh, the car just kind of went away just a little bit on him. Were you well, a little that was very surprising? Were you a little surprised about Anthony Macri running fifteenth? Uh, yeah, I, he just didn't get a very good uh, start on that race. I don't know if he didn't qualify. I didn't see. He started nine. Exact... He started nineteen. Yeah, so you start that far back, you're you're behind the eight ball already. That's a track that he's won plenty of races at. But you know, that's just like uh, all these races. If you don't qualify well, you're going to be uh, you're going to have trouble finishing up towards the top of the A main. There's to, the competition's just too tough. You're just not going to be able to roll your way from the back of the pack in these World of Outlaw races and expect to challenge for a win. So if you start way back in the field, you're uh, you're going to have a hard time working your way up through there. Was Geo Selzy the hard charger of the night? I think he, he ended up running um, eighth. I think he started 21st. That's a plus of 13 spots. Gio. I think he was the hard charger. I think he was. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, uh, no, it was, uh, I think we're fortunate to get that race in. It's too bad they didn't race at Williams Grove on Friday night. That rained out. Uh, but uh, even though the there was no threat of rain, cold conditions at Lincoln Speedway, I'm glad they at least got one race in up there after getting Port Royal wiped out the week before and Williams Grove on Friday night. So, just getting one race in, I guess we ought to feel fortunate about that in pennsylvania yeah no doubt about it um but listen 39 degrees as tammy said when she got in her car when she left that's too cold for me yeah how about you yeah it is too cold for me but i you know i was trying to think uh, what the temperature was at lakeside speedway last fall uh they had a race in the middle of october at the third week in October, and it was a little bit chilly that night, too. The wind right. wasn't blowing that night, but it was cold even on that night. I don't mind going out and seeing a World of Outlaws event if it's just a little bit on the cold side, but uh, you'd be hard-pressed to get me to go out and watch just anything on a, uh, a freezing on a, night on a freezing cold night, but right. I would go to an outlaw race for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, Kirk, um the now 600 National Micros uh, are moving their race to Port City Raceway March 24th and 25th. Um, what do you think about that? Where, where was it scheduled? It was scheduled to be at um, Grayson County Speedway in Bells, Texas. And you're going to have better weather at Port City Raceway than you will in Texas? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> well, it, you know, that's that's the place. If you're going to move a micros race, then Port City Raceway would be the place to do it. So I'm, uh, I guess I don't have any issue with that. They and, did get a uh, Oil Capital Racing Series race in the other night. The OCRS race. Yeah. Um, Fred Maddox won that race at Tulsa Speedway. The new Tulsa Speedway. They got a couple of nights uh, racing in this past weekend. I think they had some modified, USRA modified racing on Friday night. 
And they, so they were able to get to one of the rare places in all the country that were able to get in not just one, but two nights of racing. So right, good for them. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I'm sure it was cold. You know, another place it was cold yesterday. I heard him talking about it earlier. Atlanta Motor Speedway yesterday for the uh, NASCAR 44 degrees. It yeah. was 44 degrees there. What do you think of that race? Did you watch it? I, I did. I watched all of it. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, Kirk. I was kind of pulling for Brad Keselowski a little bit to win that race. How about you? I thought he was going to do it there for, for a bit. But uh, Joey Legato, who I felt had the fastest race car the whole day. He did. He, he led more laps than anybody. He led 140 laps. He had a little help getting up there because if not for Corey LaJoy pushing him up there and then later Christopher Bell, I don't think Joey Legato wins that race. So, And I'm not sure what else Brad Keselowski could have done in that circumstance. If he had tried to move up to block too soon, then he would have caused a big pileup. So I thought that... Uh, I thought Brad Keselowski uh, had a pretty good shot at it there, but I'm not sure what else he could have done in that situation. I was pulling for Christopher Bell, to be honest with you. He is the uh, one of the prime elite drivers now, is he not? He is. If you look race by race and just see what he's been doing, and it doesn't matter what type of a racetrack they're racing on, Christopher Bell is finding his way at the front of the pack and being a contender in just about every race. Christopher Bell is currently second in the points, Kurt. What that do you think about that? Stands to reason based on his uh, his performance so far. And you know, we're not really surprised by this, are we? Even no. when even when he was doing his thing in the Xfinity series, we saw him win his first ever Xfinity series race out here at Kansas Speedway a few years ago. Yep. That he was a big-time star before he even jumped in a cup car. Everybody was talking about how good Christopher Bell was going to be once he did jump into cup. And now that he's gotten there and challenged for a championship last year, won two uh, walk-off races last year to make his way into the next round of the playoffs last year and made his way into the Final Four, uh, he is there now. Christopher Bell is at the point now to where you say that he's not just going to be a championship contender this year, but he's going to be a championship contender for years to come. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Ross Chastain is currently third in the points, Kirk. What do you think about Ross Chastain? Well, he won two races last year. It's going to be interesting to see what he does this weekend down Dakota. He won that race last year, if you remember. Mm -hmm. Can he do it again? Yeah. Uh, Denny Hamlin, not a real big fan of Ross Chastain, as we all know now. Should should of should um, Denny Hamlin been fined more for what he did with? Uh, do you think the fine was justifiable? Yeah, I don't know, but you know how much how much is uh, too much money for Denny Hamlin? I don't I don't know what he's worth. Uh, the problem total. is is that Denny admitted it. Yeah. Right? That was where the problem lied. Well, you go on a podcast and admit what you did, that you're, there's consequences for that. Right. I don't think he should admit to any of it. Don't. I believe that drivers should handle it themselves. Right. <clears throat> but all, all you have to say is, oh, 
I don't know the the steering wheel slipped out of my hands or you know I don't the I didn't see what happened. The steering wheel slipped out of his hands. What are you <laughs> talking about, Kurt? That's what you say. You don't you don't just come out and admit, well I took him out on purpose. Right. Now, we don't want any of these drivers to lie to us, do we? But if you if you're a driver, you wouldn't admit to any of that. Oh yeah, I would. Knowing that you'd get penalized if you did? I admitted it many times when I raced. I I, I, I didn't have a problem being a roughneck, to be honest with but you. But there, there there weren't the consequences uh, that there are in NASCAR is if you admit to something like that, they're gonna fine you a hundred grand. Well, I did get fined one time uh, five hundred dollars three week suspension and um and it cost me three thousand dollars to fix my car after I took a guy out one time. The biggest uh takeout I still think is when Matt Kenseth took out Joey Logano at Martinsville after Joey uh took out Matt Kenseth to win that race at Kansas it, Speedway. That's the biggest takeout that I can remember. Do you think Joey's going to win the championship this year? Uh, I think he's he's certainly a player to do it, but there are others too. William Byron has already won two races this year, but how much does this affect uh, NASCAR coming down on Hendrick Motorsports for those hood louvers? Uh, how much of an effect does that have on any of the Hendrick guys winning a championship this year? Right. I think in the end, it it won't, it won't, uh, I don't think it'll matter in the end. Uh, but that, that's a pretty heavy hit when all four of those teams lose their crew chiefs and the hundred playoff or the 10 playoff points and the hundred total points yeah. taken away from them. That could uh, hinder them a little bit. It could, but I, I still say that one of those guys still could win a championship even after all of that. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to have uh, USMTS driver Todd Barry Jr. going to join us. He drives the 11X car. He's next right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod In Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. We'll be right back with more here on Mostly Motorsports. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play getaway. Osage National Golf Resort. Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. 
great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and Radius Rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Especially sportswear in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery, we do some vinyl. The other ad specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars, you can actually buy that, build your business to make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years. Welcome back to Mosley Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer, along with Kirk Elliott. We're the Racing Boys. And joining us now on the show is Tom Perry Jr., who picked up a win at Rocket Raceway Park uh, just here a while back. Tom, how you doing? Oh, pretty good. Just uh, just picked my wrap up and uh, heading to the shop here to take the car and uh, get it ready for Humboldt. Leave, uh, we're going to load tomorrow and probably leave Wednesday morning. Yeah. Uh, where do you, where do you live, Tom? Uh, I'm living out of Des Moines, Iowa. Um, and then I got a shop down in Carlisle, which is about 10 minutes, uh, just like just right outside of Des Moines. Yeah. Uh, you picked up that win and you beat, uh, Terry Phillips, that was a pretty exciting win that you, you won down there at Rocket Raceway Park, wasn't it? Yeah, it was nerve-wracking uh, to have a, a high-caliber driver like Terry himself and just being a, a veteran in the class. And um, me, and, me and Terry have gone back and forth for the last probably three, four years in the in the freight race and stuff, and I've never really 
thought to open stuff till now. So um, I know he probably wanted to beat me pretty bad, and I I, uh, I lost that race down in Votto the second night for the Wild West shootout deal on the last couple laps, and um, Terry got pretty close to me at the end there, and I just told myself I ain't giving this up. And like I said in the interview, I, I was driving it off the end of the track if I, if I had anything to do about it to, if I didn't win. So we were we were going for uh, win, win or take all. Right. Um, you, you're currently fourth in the USMTS points. Um, are you going to run the full schedule this year? Uh, yep, that's the plan. Um, we, uh, as of right now, we're, we're planning on running it. Um, it's, it's just, uh, you know, the, with the championship money, the, uh, me being eligible for rookie and, uh, just obviously to the purses, every, every race we race, there's, there's so much money on the line. Um, yeah, our, our, uh, obviously we'll just see how things go, but, um, with any championship, I kind of, I kind of do the, the 10, 10 race rule kind of mark, uh, you know, run about 10 nights and you can kind of see where you're stacking up, how you're doing, what kind of money you're spending, what kind of money you're making. And, um, but, but I personally believe the, the, the good runs we had in, uh, Votto for the wild west shootout. And then now with the USMTS, um, first weekend done in Texas, uh, feel like we have a pretty pretty good car and um and a pretty good shot at running good so we're i like i said i'm gonna plan on running the whole thing what kind of chassis are you running uh, i'm in a harris auto racing chassis they're out of boone iowa um 30 minutes 30 40 minutes north of des moines um and then i have a mullins power plant in for an engine and uh yeah we're we're gonna we gave it the best i feel like i could i put the the best parts and components on my car as I could. And I feel like it obviously showcased out Texas being a little rough the first night and we didn't have any failures. So I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. Let me just tell you, I ran a Harris car back in 1990. They've been around a long, long time, haven't they? Yes, they have. <laughs> hey, uh, Tom. Tell us about that battle you had with Terry Phillips down there at Rocket Raceway Park. That was uh, quite the race that you had when you won down here just a few weeks back. What did you say again right there? The, uh, the Tell us about that race you won down there at Petty Raceway Park, at Rocket Raceway oh. Park down at Petty, Texas. That was a battle. That was quite a battle you had with uh, Terry Phillips down there. Yeah, yeah, it was uh... – I was I had just a pretty you know decent pace going early on in the race. I feel like I was holding my own, um, you know, not not running too hard, not running too easy. And then um, I don't know, maybe it was like eight to go or something. Terry started getting close. Um, so I think the biggest problem I I I still am trying to get better at is that uh, the track changes a lot faster and moves around a lot more um, with with this USMTS stuff to where. Um, I wasn't really running the same line for more than probably five laps at a time to where at the end I was really searching, trying to find the right groove. And, uh, I think Terry just got to me. Um, I found, uh, I think what won me the race, I found a pretty good line about the last two, three laps and it, it kept me ahead of Terry. So, um, I don't know. I think, I think just getting better at when the lines move around and being maneuverable. Um, but yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely a hard race uh, with the character and uh, one and two, and then um, three and four. Were, like where I ran most was pretty smooth for the most part, but uh, when Terry got close to me, I was having to kind of fill the slider line in three and four, and then that 
obviously ending up in the top of four. There were some holes and it was definitely uh, up on the wheel and hands on for the for the last ten laps. And a few and a few sparks as you're headed to the checkered flag there too, coming off that wall. Yeah, uh, I didn't even uh, know I even hit the wall. Normally, I kind of hear it or, or feel it, and uh, I think with the banking of the front straightaway, how it was, I just didn't feel it or hear it. And um, watching the replay, sitting in the hotel the next morning, just trying to see where we get better, uh, I seen that, and I was kind of hoping I didn't knock the deck out of the car because I really didn't look too close at the car um, after we won that night, and uh, ended up just I think the the body bolts I run must scrape a lot because it just it really didn't tear any sheet metal up at all. It just, but it made a lot of sparks. So it was something cool, I guess, to, for the fans. So yeah. Hey, what do you think about this King of America race at Humboldt? This is one of the bigger races of the year, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think it's. I think it's a really good. Uh, you know, Crown Jewel. Um, it's pretty centrally located for most of the racers. Um, it obviously kind of has to be where located where it is or more south just for the fact you know the the weather early in the year um you know i'm i'm driving right now and i'm still seeing a little bit of snow up here in des moines so um but uh no i think i think the location's great uh the track's really fun um i like track i really like track with walls around the top uh i tend to race a lot of my local tracks um with the imca stuff they got walls around i just feel like i I do well with walls um, for judgment and just, I think walls scare people a lot of times. So it, right. it kind of separates uh, the crowd a little bit, but um, I, it puts on great racing. Um, uh, the, I've gone the last two years. This will be my third year. Um, it's been, it's been good racing uh, up on the wall, down on the tires, through the middle, you know, depending on the night and where the track is, but it's, it always tends to uh, usually have two lanes of racing and um, tight lanes. You know, it's, it's uh, when you get a good group of guys um, racing with you, which obviously most of the all the USMTS, especially the touring guys, are all really, really uh, capable drivers of running close and not tearing a lot of stuff up. It uh, it's really fun there because it really it looks wider than it races. It races pretty tight for us guys to where right. two two guys wide is a pretty tight race. So um, it, it definitely is fun and um, your your adrenaline's up. Uh, it's a fast paced track with being small. You definitely got to have, uh, you know, your, your endurance in the, in actually just driving you, your, your heart rate, you got to keep down. Cause like I said, it's just you're up on the wall. You're tight with everyone. It's, it's definitely a different pace than most other tracks that we race on. Yeah, no doubt. We're visiting with, uh, Tom Barry jr. He drives the 11 X car. He's currently fourth in the USMTS national points. Uh, he picked up a win down at rocket raceway park, uh, a couple weeks ago. And, um, Man, uh, listen, it doesn't get any tougher, and, and, and I'm really surprised that, um, that, you know, the cost of modified racing really is, is really went through the roof lately, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, not, uh, it's not cheap by no means, um, but I'll tell you right now with what um, Staley and the, the group has done, um, They've done a great job, you know, over the years, I never could see it was really justi- justified to, to race with them, just with the, the engine bill and, and everything that had to go for when you, when you weren't racing for as much. But when he does these three, five, ten minimums, um, and a lot of races pay more than that, but uh, just, you know, the normal weekends, three, five, ten, 
it really, uh, I feel like it, it's, it, you can make some money racing. And then on top of it, if you run good in the point standings is just a bonus on, and I feel like, to be honest, if you were to think about it, you're going to win, you know, a handful of races to win national points. And, uh, I mean, you're looking at, you're looking at a, you know, $150,000, $200,000 season if you count right. the, yeah. the national points purse plus the, the money that you make winning and running good. So uh, what he's done with the with the, the USMTS is a, is a great move. Um, I've enjoyed it a lot. You know, I've been in the crate motor stuff for my whole life now. And just having the extra horsepower um, for, you know, making making the drivers have to stand out. You know, the crate motor is a lot easier to drive. Um, it, it definitely it's it's a it's a new learning curve, but it's a fun learning curve, and I've had a blast so far. Uh, what is the difference between driving an open motor and a, a crate motor? What, how big a difference is it? Uh, um, the biggest thing I would say is um, like the. Uh, you can you can really out tune yourself with the open stuff because you have so much horsepower, so you can kind of give yourself a bad crutch more or less. Um, you know, because with all the horsepower, you always feel loose. You never have enough traction because you you got so much wheel spin. So I feel like I, I I'm a, I have a little bit better understanding of when a car isn't balanced because I'm so used to racing with with lower horsepower. Right. Um, like in the slick, you know, when the track slows down and gets black, it just—it's really hard to keep the tires underneath you. And um, I mean, I'm—I'm I'm experiencing tire temps, and we're not even in the summer. I'm experiencing tire temps up to the 140, 150 um, oh, wow. range, and with my crazy stuff, you're—you're you're maybe pushing 120, 130 when your car's right. So you're—you're you're talking 20, 30 more degrees of tire temp with the open motor and. And what that does is the tire blows apart a lot faster. It breaks down a lot faster. So being being wise with your wheel spin and um, knowing when to when to settle down and when to push is is really it's it's really complicated and it makes the driver think and work a lot harder to make sure that the the tires are underneath you at the end of the race. And you know most of these USMTS races, you're not talking no short twenty lap race. You're you're talking thirty plus laps. You know the bigger nights usually are fifty. We're going into a 60-lap straight main event here on Saturday for the for the for the King of America. I mean, there's a lot of tire strategy that goes along with them long races, and uh, it definitely makes the tire the the driver stand out on um, how good he is with wheel spin and and tire slip on keeping the tires underneath him for a long period of time. It's all about momentum, isn't it? When you drive a, when you drive a race car, it it, it really yep. it comes down to momentum. It, it really does, um, and 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 that's the thing people don't realize. Spoiler racing's a lot different um, from like you know like our crates have spoilers, but really small you know two inch spoiler to, compared to a five. And you start getting like to the three to three inch and higher on the spoiler. The the biggest factor is is the faster you can hit that speed where the downforce starts affecting the car, the more speed you can carry. So like. With my crate stuff, you, you, you want momentum, but you're more focused on how the car is balanced and how it tractions up. And, like, with the with the open racing, if you're able to just carry speed with a with an okay car, you can make an okay car a really good car just from the air and the downforce of the spoiler. So there's a whole different mindset with the open stuff. If you can carry that speed and really keep your speed up, 
you're, you're going to have fast laps just because of the air pushing on the car. So it's a, it's a lot different from that part. Tell us the story about how you uh, you grew up in Oregon but ended up in Iowa. How how did how did that happen? Um, my uh, my dad uh, raced motorcycles professionally for the AMA uh, flat track series from nineteen. 19- 70s to a little bit after 1980 and uh he owned a house in uh indianapolis at the time because that was kind of the big area for you know the flat track NECA. and uh he just knew when i was growing up once i started taking racing serious and he could tell that i had you know the drive and the desire to win and 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 want to become you know per se a professional racer um he knew he had to get me back to the midwest where dirt racing is big and um we started just coming out here for the first couple of years for, you know, a couple of weeks and it turned into a couple of months. And then I think by the third year, we stayed out a full season from like March to October and just kind of raced all of our rigs. Um, you know, we had, we had a shop we rented, had a couple of buddies that had houses from time to time, but we really just lived out of our rig and made, made it happen for what we could afford. And, uh, and um, when my dad passed away in 2017, um, I just bought a house in Iowa, and um, we have a family business in Oregon, and that kind of, my dad kept it running while I was gone, because I would help my dad with maintenance in the winter, and uh, and so I came home after he passed away, and we really didn't know what my plans were. I honestly thought maybe I was going to have to quit racing, and uh, we made it work that, that summer. He passed away. I raced uh, probably five months back in the Midwest. And um, I got home and I started dating this girl at the time and it just kind of the stars aligned. I met, I met a really great guy, Brian Brodell, and um, he's made my racing career kind of what it is today, you know, and um, I ended up moving to North Dakota for almost three years. And uh, that was kind of my big move back. I moved all my sheet metal stuff, my motors, everything to North Dakota. And then, um, uh, me and my ex-girlfriend broke up, and uh, I made the move down to Des Moines, back kind of in my old stomping grounds of where I was when my dad was alive. And um, I've been here since 2020 of March. I moved down here, and uh, we're going, like I said, we're going on our 23 season. So I'm um, going on my third season down here, and we've had a lot of success since I moved. I mean, I had a lot of success in North Dakota, but I feel like I really showcased my talent once I moved out to Iowa and got to run against a lot of the top competitors and um um, like I said, then Staley last year did that, uh, and Ramirez did that big purse and um, just kind of changed the overall aspects of USMTS racing. And uh, I, like I said, I've been fortunate. I've had a lot of great sponsors step up and uh, try to help me do this deal. And um, like I said, i got to run good to make this deal happen. And um, you have to have that, that eye of the tiger mentality and have that, that hungriness of uh, knowing that you got to run good. So keep our heads down and, and maybe maybe hopefully see us in victory lane more than more than the one time we already have been so um but we got we definitely got to finish um up front every night to be able to do this and i just appreciate everyone that's helped me out along the way yeah we're we're visiting with tom barry jr did you ever think about being an ama uh, uh flat track racer was that it was that the the goal at one time in your life to run ama um, yeah, I always grew up on motorcycles growing up, um, but I I just, uh, about four or five, I wrecked, not really hard, but it scared my dad, and 
he was just like, man, because he, he was so beat up. He had two ankles, two sh- uh, shoulders, and two hips that were fake, and he was just really beat up for motorcycle racing. And um, we ended up knowing a kid about 10, 10 houses down from us in our folder sack that raced go-karts and uh, kind of just got in contact with them and started – I uh, started out in go-karts and then worked my way up into, into dirt car circle track racing and um, kind of found us where we are today. I, I'm, I'm honestly truthfully grateful that I didn't start in motocross. I mean, I, I love the sport. I watch motocross and all that stuff, but I just um, I'm happy that I don't have to beat my body up like I like you have to with the motocross stuff. Right. No doubt. We're sorry that you lost your dad, too, by the way, just so you know. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, with uh I always say the good die young and my dad we had a lot of great memories and uh i uh, i keep them in the back of my head and um just trying to make him proud so yeah what 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 did your dad teach you that that you forever will remember what was the one thing that he taught you that that you'll always remember that he give you that advice. What what is the best advice he um, give you? I'd probably say worth ethic. You know, um, when my dad started riding for Harley um, in the seventies, he my dad my grandpa was a, a mason. He was in the masonry business, and uh, my dad always worked with him. And uh, my dad always told me every time he'd load up to head east to go to his house in the summers, he'd load his trowels up. And my grandpa always told him, racing don't work out. You always know you could work. And uh, right. I've just uh, I've always kept that in my head to where, you know, with anything in life, um, you can you can make money doing anything as long as you put your head to it. And, um, you know, I build shocks on the side to make some side money racing. And um, I always just kind of kept that in the back of my head that um, don't ever I just don't ever settle. You know, there's there's always time in the day to to, you know, make money or, or make your race program better. And uh, I mean. Just this weekend, Sunday, yesterday, I was I was building shelving in the shop just to make the race team more efficient and uh, and and work smoother. And uh, I've just always been my dad always kind of just taught me to think outside the box on uh, on building things and 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 making in life anything that you can make more efficient and easier. The the more you can do and the more you can achieve. So uh, my whole race program runs off efficiency and having the right tools, um, having everything you need make that program work right and i think that's why my team excels the way it does just everything functions really good everything has a function and has a purpose and and i make sure it it just works smoothly and i feel like uh, that's that's helped me a lot along the way uh tom are are you a professional race car driver is this what you do for a living now there were two different trucking companies obviously because i worked for one in north dakota but uh, I worked for a truck company for a little over two years down here in Des Moines, um, Larry Fleckinson Trucking. Um, he's still a supporter of mine. Um, everything went great. Uh, it was just it was time for me to move on. Like I said, I, I was just sick of just, um, man, I'd go to work at 7 in the morning, and I wouldn't go home till 10 at night. And I just, my body couldn't, I mean, it could take it, but I was just, I was getting, I was getting to where I wasn't enjoying it. And, uh so I made the step in March of 2022. I told my boss off, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to do make this racing thing happen. And um, I've just pursued my shock business and also um, uh, pursued racing. And I think, like I told you earlier in the in the interview, that you gotta have that uh, that not give up mentality in the eye of the tiger and the persistence to just 
um, you can't lose. You know, it, 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 our bodies and, and our mindsets, how we are programmed uh, from day one is, is we, we're survivors. We're, we learn how to live on what we got. And uh, I knew I just, if I made the step, I'd, I'd figure out a way to make it work. And, uh, and like I said, if that, if that has to be because we got to win, then that's what we got to do. And, and, and I think right. that's why I have the drive and the desire to win is because it's, it's, it's instinct. If you have to feed your, feed your, you know, family or whatever it is, or just feed your bank account, uh, your instincts are going to kick in. And I, I uh, truthfully believe you can't beat instinct. And, uh, and so that's, that's where, that's where I kind of, um, have my mentality, and I think that helps me a lot in, in the racing world. Uh, three big nights of racing this weekend. Tom, are you going to make it in for that Wednesday practice ahead of the three nights? Yep, that's our plan. I'm uh, Like I said, I'm going to put the wrap on as we speak right now, and uh, we'll get the car finished up tonight. Um, we just have a few minor, minor things to do, and uh, we'll load in the morning, and our plan is to leave probably around 8 to 10 o'clock on Wednesday, and uh, we'll laps and uh we'll see everyone there thursday night for the for the opener at the king you've been around you've been around humboldt speedway before what's the trick to getting around that joint um well i think we touched base on it a lot of it's tire wear uh that place can be hard on tires um so a lot of knowing how to cut your tires how to manage them um is really for especially for the saturday show you know you it's not an average um, you know, 40 lap race, you're talking 60 straight laps. Uh, it can be really abrasive and hard on tires. I know last year I blistered both my tires, um, with a, with a crate motor. So, um, it's definitely, you gotta be smart with your tire wear. Um, um, I would say, um, learning the lines of the track, there's a few, there's a few really, um, fast lines that, um, not a lot of people see through the night that I've noticed. Um, and that's just, you know, watching, uh, footage replays, um, being on the track, um, and just having an open mindset, uh, you know, there's going to be laps. You're going to have to blast the wall. And sometimes that's going to, you know, bend the spoiler, take the spoiler off or whatever it is. And you just got to know when to push it and when to not. Um, I know the heat races are crucial there. Like I said, the side by side racing is tight there and, uh, you, you don't qualify good in your starting deep. It's, it's, it takes everything you got to, to pass cars to get to where you need to have them passing points. So I think the biggest thing is get, get qual, qualify good and get through your heat race. And I think the main event will kind of line up where you need to be. Um, and uh, I think that's kind of the, the way I'm going to approach it. I know um, the last two years I've been there, I've made the big show Saturday, but I've struggled early in the early um, Thursday, Friday qualifying races. So um, I would say my goal this year is to run good make all three shows, um, hopefully, you know, come out with a top three or a couple top threes, and uh, I, I'd be happy with the weekend. Tom, thanks for taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports. It's, again, it's all brought to you by Rod and Supply. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and good luck to you this weekend at King of America at Humboldt. I appreciate your guys' time and, uh, and, the, and the interview and the publicity you guys are bringing for both of us, so uh, – I think it's a win-win for both, and uh, I look forward to talking to you and seeing you down the road. All right, buddy. Have a good one this weekend. Okay. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. There you have it. We're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, Trenton Berry from RacingDirt.com is going to join us. We'll talk about their live broadcast that are going to be doing this weekend down at King of America and the Battle of the Bull Ring with the B-Mods. 
That's all next right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod in Supply. Listening to Mostly Motorsports with the Racing Boys. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Missouri's must play away. Osage National Three nine-hole courses to choose from at the Lake of the Ozarks in the Osage River Valley. Stay and play packages in our first-class condos. A beautiful clubhouse complete with pro shop and exercise facilities. A large pool for relaxation and families. The Eagle View Sports Bar and Grill. Great wedding facilities. Go online and make your tea time today. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Here at Specialty Sportswear, in-house, we do all of the screen printing, all the embroidery. We do some vinyl. The other add specialty items like your pens, magnets, notepads, calendars. You can actually buy that, build your business, and make it larger. We have the largest screen printing process and the largest embroidery anywhere around in the area. We can do stuff all the way from your school clubs to sports teams, a professional look in the office. If you can imagine it, we can do it for you. Rod and Supply is involved with a variety of motorsports as well as industrial applications with many different types of products. Since 1989, Rod and Supply has provided superior products priced competitively. Whether you're racing at the circle track or drag strip, rock climbing, or going off-road, Rod and Supply is an assortment of Rod and's radius rods and specialty products to keep your equipment moving. Rod and Supply's experienced staff is ready and willing to help you with your needs. Their promise is to continue to provide a superior product with superior service so you can stay in front of the field no matter what it is. To learn more, go to rodandsupply.com. Race fans, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum is open seven days a week, year-round, for you to come in and check out all of the wonderful race cars on display in the museum. And our online store at SprintCarStuff.com is open 24 hours a day for you to check out everything that we have in stock for Sprint Car fans. Whether it's for a birthday, anniversary, or Christmas, SprintCarStuff.com has it all. That's at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum in Knoxville. Go harder, faster, stronger with Rod and Supply. Whether you are running industrial, farming equipment, or a race car, Rod and Supply has the assortment of rod ends, radius rods, and specialty products that will help you lead the field in performance. Our superior design means our rod ends last longer and perform better, giving you the edge on the track and saving you money. Contact Rod and Supply or order online today at rodandsupply.com. We don't just sell them, we race them. Rodandsupply.com, serving the racing community for over 30 years.
Welcome back. It's mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints. Joining us now on the show is a longtime friend of the Racing Boys. Used to work at RacingBoys.com back in the day. Trenton Berry joins us now. Hey, Trenton, how you doing? Hey, I'm uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me today. Man, this is a big weekend. Uh, King of America plus the Battle of the Bull Ring. We talked to Johnny Allen a little bit, and we talked to Tom Berry Jr. And uh, this is a big weekend for your when it comes to broadcasting, isn't it? Oh my goodness! It's uh, it 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 really is. It's uh, it's a fantastic event. It's a very important weekend uh, for us. It's a very important weekend for the series for for Humboldt Speedway, um, and the fact that you know they've they've taken two and, and put them together puts that much more pressure on uh, having a having a good couple three nights. You know, you always want three, but this time of the year you're thankful if you can get at least two. So um, it's uh, yes, this is. <laughs> There's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of weekends we go do a lot of work and there are uh, there are very very few that have the impact that this weekend has. Trenton, are you guys going to show uh, practice on Wednesday night? Are you going to are you going to show any of that? Nope, we are not practice streamers. We never have been. We did it one time. We got the same amount of buys as the the time we did before. We got we sat and listened to everybody tell us we needed to promote better, needed to do more, and it made zero difference for us. All it did was uh, force us to leave earlier, spend more on hotels, spend more on food, and wear the crew out before the event. I am not a practice streamer, um, and I am I am pretty I'm pretty adamant on uh, on not not becoming a practice streamer. To be totally honest with you, it's kind of it's one of, it's one of my issues over the years, and I've I was pretty firm on it in the beginning, and I've I've gotten even firmer on it as we've went along. Yeah, no doubt about it. So uh, Thursday so, night, it's going to pay two thousand to win. Friday night, three thousand to win, and then on Saturday, it's going to pay five thousand to win. Um, talk about that a little bit uh, on on the pay structure. Yeah, for the uh, for the USRB mods, that's uh, that's right. It's a lot of money. You know, it's this is the first time that the USRB mods for the Battle at the Bullring. And I guess I shouldn't say USRA because they welcome every sanction, and that tracks weekly sanctioned USRA. But for the B mods, yeah, where they have have paid out, um, paid out like that, and paid out every night. So it's always been so well supported in the past. You know, it's it's been over 100 cars before and been around 100 um, as well. So uh, hopefully we can we can hit 100 on the B mods or or get somewhere real close to it. You know, to sure be right. sure be a great way to start off the weekend. I love it because. It's uh, you know it's not only a, a mega race for the for the USMTS cars, but it's it's a mega race for the B mods, and it's first chance for a lot of guys around this area right. uh, to get on the racetrack. You know, and I'm thinking guys like Chris Jackson, uh, guys like Andy Bryant, Ryan Gilmore, J.C. Morton, uh, some of those guys. How do they mix it up with with some of those Wasota cars from uh, from from up north? And you know, uh, thinking about other people like out of Kansas City, you know, like Shadron Turner that put together a career year last year. Do they come out of the out of the out of the blocks, guns a blazing? You know, it it definitely for those B mods is not. You know, this isn't a race that'll that'll break a year. Uh, it, it can certainly help make a year, no no question about it. But yeah. but man, to to get that get that shot in the arm right out of the gate is pretty cool. And I'm telling you, Scott, when by the time that A main comes around for that battle at the Bullring A main, they have. They have raced and whittled down and raced and whittled down so much to get 
to get that core group of cars in that A main. It's usually a really good show. Right. And the USMTS so, Modifieds are going to race on Thursday. They pay 3000 to win, and on Friday they pay 5000 to win, and then on Saturday it's 12000 to win. Talk about that just a little bit. Yep, yep. and it's, uh, you know, it's interesting because the the purse structure has, has went up on the on the off nights for for the King of America um, compared compared to what it was, you know, when he used to just race and you might get a little bit through the qualifying nights and then it was it was 10,000 or 12 or 15 or you know what whatever it was to win there it's, it's been different amounts over the years but but man adding that Thursday and Friday night full shows to those and and putting those those big payoffs in um you know has has really added up added a lot of it's had a lot of meat on the bone uh for these these mod racers and plus you know the cool thing about it is you know everybody wants that that money on Saturday night and they want the cape and the crown and the, the big victory lane and the chair right. and all that. But man, if, if you just have some bad luck, you know, whether it's your, whether it's your own doing or, or you just get caught up in somebody else's mess. Cause you know, that just happens occasionally. Like it's just racing. Uh, you're not beholden necessarily to what happened Thursday or Friday for Saturday. And I, I think that's a pretty neat deal. Um, especially for cars that aren't, aren't, uh, point racing cars, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's added a new wrinkle that wasn't always there for the King of America because, you could you could used to get your so you know one bad night and other seasons other formats you get yourself so far behind the eight ball that you just be buried come Saturday a lot of times so well, not always but a lot of times that was how it went for people so I like multi days I like winners when we leave the racetrack I think that's an important thing winners of some sort right like you've got a you got a qualifying feature winner you've got your pole sitter for your final night you've got so like i need i need some sort of winner when i go leave the racetrack like who was the best car that night and um this this format really accomplishes all that and so much more because it's just it's multiple chances to to get money in in racers pockets i i love that racetrack i love this race um mods and b mods i mean you're 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 asking me what's just you know if you're just going to carve me up something right down the middle this is this is my ball to try to take past the center field wall. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, uh, I, I'm really, I'm really, really fond of this event, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to a good one. We had a tough go with it last year. The weather, weather was awful last year. A lot, lot worse than what what it looks like this year. I, I think there's probably going to be some rain throughout the weekend, but man, we, we're going to have more chances than not to, to get this thing in. It, it was pretty much gloom and doom from the outset last year, and and it it had a hard time really getting off on the right foot and getting going finally saturday was better and you had to run like a had to run like a show and a half basically right. on 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 saturday last year which makes for an awful long day so um hopefully mother nature plays kind she's played kind in the past we'll we'll talk really good for her this year and right really good, really good right now and uh and, and ask her to be on her best behavior so we can uh we can just get this thing in or, or get most of it in, you know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. You know, that race that uh, Tom Barry Jr. won in the 11X car uh, against Terry yep. Phillips down there at Rock Raceway Park, man, that was that was a hell of a race, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I'm telling everybody, side note, I'm telling everybody that he's my cousin, by the way. So, oh, yeah, right. <laughs> it just this makes for good fodder. But anyway, uh, it was a heck of a race, man. Um you know, and and he won one. Um, I I know you had him on a little bit ago, and he probably talked about the Wild West shootout a little bit too. He, yep. he won a race out there and was 
man, he just he got started off on the right foot. Um, just so so good this year, and to see him carry that over a rocket, I think maybe a few people were surprised. I wasn't surprised that he won. I shoot, I'd I'd watched him run just a month ago out there, and and I saw how good he was and how dialed in he was, and and figured. Obviously, you roll 7580 cars, and it's it's hard to pick a winner. So I'm not going to sit there and tell you I expected him to win, but I can tell you when when we went down there, I expected he would probably compete, um, and and he did. And he had a little bit of trouble in his in his heat that second night. Um, he he actually was losing a little bit of oil, but uh, got got his car got his engine fixed back, and um, it wasn't terminal damage. So um, he had to shut it down in his uh, in his heat race, which forced him to the B and forced him to the back for the A. So it gets not kind of got out of his control at that point. He was in a good spot in his heat too, when he had a little bit of trouble. So that was kind of his undoing there was not, not of his own, not of his own making. So, right. um, I expect he, he competes like crazy. It's uh it's King of America. Listen, there's, if, if he's holding the check on Saturday night, I'm surprised if he wins Thursday or Friday, I'm not surprised either. Yeah. Jake, Tim, he's the current he's, point leader right now in the USMTS. Um, there's only been two races so far this year. He won one race and, uh, yep. Tom Barry won the other one. Uh, just talk about who do you think are the favorites go- going into this season to, to win the championship? Man, it's just, oh gosh, I don't even know. I, I was hoping out of petty, maybe I'd have a little bit of clarity. You know, if, if Jake decides he wants to do it, I think he's, I think he's certainly, certainly got a shot to do it, man. He's, He's well equipped. He's got great equipment underneath him. He's a heck of a race car driver. He, he's uh, he's raced a late model quite a bit the past few years, and and it's it's made his modified program better. And uh, um, he was a he was a really good racer that's become an even better racer uh, the past couple of seasons. Still young and um, just extremely talented. Uh, he was a fast qualifier on the the final night down there as well to go ahead with his with his win. So. Um, it uh, it's getting the year started off great. I, I think he's certainly a favorite, depending on what he decides to do. And I, I haven't heard for certain. I, I know there's a lot of late model races that he and his dad want to go hit, um, but I haven't haven't heard a, a final schedule on what their plans are. So, um, you know, there's race like the King of America. You're, gosh, twenty five thirty cars out of there that that you you know if you just went through a through the rundown on MRP on race night could could win that thing. I. There's just been so little that you know I don't I'd just be throwing right. darts at a wall. Obviously, there's you know there's your there's your usual suspects and and I expect them all to be there. Um, I keep thinking I will tell you this. How, how about this? You want you want me give you something? I'll give you something. I I keep thinking no no Missouri drivers ever won the King of America. And it's like all the states around it uh, have have had drivers that have won it, but nobody from Missouri's won that. And Phillips has been so good there in the past. His new race cars are. Uh, looking pretty good. He had engine trouble as well his second night at Rocket. Why his his performance on paper didn't show as, as fast as he was um, because he was he was rolling well uh, there both both nights at Petty, but had engine trouble and had to get go to a different car um, for the the main event that wasn't even his own. It was uh, one of his customer cars, so um, it was a it was a last minute scramble to to get get him set in that car for him to go race. So that that second night's kind of a Toss that one out out the window, but you know he's he looks looks really good and been fast. And I just I keep thinking one of these years TP is going to get this thing done at the King of America. It's it's really kind of for this area. You know I'm trying to think about for Terry's entire career. It's like to me, unless I'm missing one somewhere, this is like the last really big one that that he's not gotten. Um, 
And I, I just, I just think that sometime here before he's done, he's he's going to get it. So, uh, Trenton, why do you think that is? Terry Phillips has not won the King of America. He's had, he's had numerous chances down there, has he I not? Am. I think Kirk, unless I missed one of the first couple there, I think he's ran every single one of them. He's been in the majority of the A mains. Shoot, he might have been in all the A mains. He's just he's had weird weird things happen. He started up running them. Um, I just I don't you know some it's weird because sometimes those races just elude people and this this one for whatever reason has has just eluded him to this point um, and maybe this is the year he's he's as fast as he's ever been right now and um, he's he's running great he's got a ton of confidence um, he really wants to make a strong showing in these race cars and the race cars are on you know sometimes guys are just off and their their cars are off their equipment so, you know whatever it is they're just off and he's He's as on as ever right now, uh, so right. he could he could sure be one of them. You know, I think this race is going to be important to it's going to be important to get qualified near the front. You know, I, I I don't think it's probably too much of a stretch to think about that winner probably coming off you know one of the first four or five rows. You know, in the, the front half of that field. Um, so you know, just a lot of things got to go your way to, right. uh, to to get it done. John, Johnny Allen said that the, each night is its own night this year, that uh, the, the three distinctive yep. nights in the format this year. So you could, uh, you know, if, if you if you ran bad on Thursday and Friday night, you still could come in on Saturday and win this thing, right? Yeah, and I, and I like that. That's been a wrinkle. So two, two parts there, right? You're, you're, not, uh, you're not responsible necessarily for what's happened Thursday and Friday in terms of, you know, when the, the, the big money's up Saturday. Uh, and the second, the second part of that, uh, second part of that equation for those guys, it's you know the, they, they've added a ton of money to the race by by doing it that you know doing it that way and running the format that way. They've added a ton of money over the course of the weekend too, which is is uh, never a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, did Terry change chassis this year? You talking Terry? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's he's building his own race car. So get this they're calling them they're calling them bloodline race cars is what they're calling them yep the frames are frames they're building the frames out of central missouri they took one of lp's old jigs and uh his surface plate up to uh he's got a partner in this thing that's, that's helping him a little bit uh up into central missouri where they're building these at and they're building them exactly to terry's specifications and um he said you know he'd had, had a few ideas over the years things he'd always just kind of kept under his hat and uh, maybe things he'd done on his own personal car that, that never got out where, you know, if this time ever came that he was, was ready to make a change and do something on his own, he'd, he'd have a pretty good starting point. I'm telling you guys, he's, he's got a great starting point with this, this race car. First time it'd been on the track was Petty, Texas. They, they tried to get the car done. They wanted, he wanted to go to Vado and race it. Uh, they wanted to go practice, uh, locally here around, around home and, just it never worked out. So the first the first time it saw the dirt was Friday night at Petty, Texas, and uh, he won his very first heat race. He was in on it, so he's 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 set on kill right now. This this very well might be TP's year. Like I don't I don't want to overhype it and oversell it. And there's so many cars that can win. You know, guys like Tom Berry Jr. that you had on that are running so well right now, um, and you know any other list of 25 or 30 other cars that were there. But um, at some point, 75 is gonna he's gonna win one of these. Hey, uh, Trenton, it's well known, uh, the ownership change at Humboldt Speedway, the Whitworth family, uh, just uh, the legacy that they've had at this racetrack. But Ryan Whitworth still very much involved 
and prepping the racetrack. How important is that, that Ryan Whitworth's yeah. still involved? Oh, I think it's great. I, I talked to him for about half an hour on the phone. Um, what is today? Is it Monday? We talked on Friday evening. Friday night we talked. And yeah, he said the racetrack was in, was in great shape. Uh, he's been on it this winter. Uh, he said he expected a little bit of rain before we get to race this week, and he said that's not going to be a problem, that, that he's ready and prepared for it, and uh, said the track's good. And, you know, in terms of having somebody prep the racetrack that's that's been there and done it for years and years and years, no matter where you're going, you know, that consistency sure uh, sure gives you a lot better chance for success. I've, I feel like over the years just watching races, you know, I mean, there's – there's uh there's always changes and things and people come and go and whatever but ryan's always done a great job and, and he he knows the racetrack for sure so yeah i'm tickled he's still there and still doing it even though they don't own it anymore you know um they said that they're going to keep the track a little tight that way if it rains the water will run off of the racetrack what are your thoughts there yeah, yeah hopefully i just Man, places like that and places that can put on events like this, I'm not I'm not one to set and critique what they do. So they, they know what's going on and you just you put your trust in them to make the right decisions and more times than not. If here's here's what here's a good rule of thumb that I figured out, right? If if people are good enough to put on these kinds of races, they're also good enough to know what their racetrack means. So um it's it's a pretty uh, pretty calming reassurance over the years with the people that we deal with. All right, let's talk about your coverage this weekend. Racing dirt all over it, all three nights. Yeah. Just uh, kind of talk about it. Yeah, so we should we should be rolling. We, we, uh, we got a transit man at the, oh, gosh, middle of last year. And and it was like, uh, Scott, if we were buying trucks, it would have been the equivalent of a cab chassis, although it was just, it was a van, right? So <laughs> it had it had the front, front seats in it, and, and uh, it had one bench in it and basically a blank slate from there on back. Like, I could have. I could have waxed the interior. There was so much bare metal on the inside of it. So, uh, Dick's been working on that, uh, for, for the past few months. And, and I think he's got it all tidied up. So we're excited to work out of that thing. It's, it's going to allow us a lot more flexibility. Um, you know, things most people don't think about and they really should. It's not really their job to think about, but like wireless video, wireless audio. What happens when you need more range? What if you, what if you can add add additional inputs? Um, you know, what if what if you can have a have a wireless that's specifically for behind the grandstands and and one that's specifically for in front of the grandstands? You know, things that we never had the option to do before. Um, we're we're going to have a lot more flexibility with this. So uh, I'm looking to for this to help help step up the production even more. Um, you know, I'm I'm all about trying to limit excuses, right? And we've Everybody has them, and there's always reasons why things can happen and why things can't happen. But within reason, um, you never push the ball forward unless you can limit excuses. And I think this man's going to be a big excuse uh, limiter for for what we do, and that that should reflect in the broadcast and the production and, and overall uh, provide a better show for the fans. So, um, not not to mention, uh, should make setup and tear down quite a bit simpler too. So something we've been looking forward to for a long time. We. We went the trailer route, and it just really wasn't exactly what we needed, and it was cumbersome and heavy, and it, it was a pain, and it just it required a ton of management and thought, and it was it was wound up for us to be more hassle than it was worth. So, I'm hoping this transit van does this. Um, Sticks went to great lengths to to get this thing outfitted and ready to go, and um, you know because of that trailer we had 
the majority of the equipment for inside of it already purchased. So it was nice that uh, that, that wasn't that wasn't a hit all at once. That, that you know that we had most of that stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to this. I'm as excited for this as I've been for about anything we've ever done, and, and it it should be going to Humboldt with us this week for its uh, first run. You know, I I, I don't miss uh, doing broadcast anymore, Trent. Just so you know. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. The the stress on I my old you. on my old ass is just too much. Yeah. Hey, we uh your your boy on the other end of the line still gotta figure out how to eat though, so Right. Here, here we are. <laughs> well, I, 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 I I've got enough money to eat. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So everything's gonna be okay <laughs> right go. here. So Well you guys you, do a great you, job. You, yeah. Hey, you, you you keep eating and I'll still be obsessed about when I start. <laughs> Right, right, right. Okay. All right, Trenton. Well, thanks so much for joining us here on Mostly Motorsports, man. We appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. What time uh, What time are you going to get going on your broadcast on Thursday? That's, that's a horrible question to ask me. That's a, that's a terrible. That's the worst question. I have no idea. I don't really know. I haven't even looked at the schedule to see what time race time is. You know, we'll... We'll be over there mid afternoon, and we'll we'll have we'll do our best to have a stream up about half hour before they, they schedule cars on the racetrack. And it's man, it's always subject to change. You know, there's they're basically just suggested start times. So, um, you know, I, I'm going to say somewhere six seven o'clock. But I as of right now, as as I said here right now, I do not know what time. You know, just sometime that afternoon, close to to race time. If it feels like it's close to race time, then. Uh... I'm sure you have it up and going. Yeah, and I, <laughs> listen, I wish I could tell you, hey, we're going to be live at five thirty, but I just, I, I, I don't know what to say. And to be honest, I haven't, I haven't even looked to see what what race times are this week. So, all right, Trenton, uh, we'll, we'll try to be up thirty thirty minutes to an hour before we get to get rolling. All right, Trenton, thanks so much. And again, you can watch it all on RaceAndDirt.com this weekend. King of America and the Battle of the Bull Ring with the B mods. A lot of money on the line, and it's going to be a good broadcast, and they always do a great job over there at Racing Dirt. So we appreciate you, buddy. Yeah, same, man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you very much. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you. Thanks, Trenton. Yep, see you. All right. There you have it, Trenton Barry. That's going to be a good race this weekend, isn't it, Kurt? Oh, yeah, it always is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, the fact that Ryan Whitworth still got his hands on the track prep down there, I think that's a big thing, you know. We all were a little bit concerned when we heard that the track had been sold. Johnny Allen, it, there's nobody better that could have purchased that racetrack than Johnny Allen and mesh that with what he's got going on down at 81 Speedway. But the fact that Ryan Whitworth is still involved with the track prep, I think, is a big thing, especially this time of the year. Uh, this is a different time of the year about track prep. You know, you're just coming off the cold weather you don't know what the rain is going to do. This has got to be the most challenging time of the year to prep a racetrack. And there's no one that's got more experience with this particular racetrack and what's involved in Ryan Whitworth. So I expect a great racing down here this weekend. If we, as long as we get the Mother Nature to cooperate, I think it's going to be a great show. I might go down there Saturday night. That would be the big night. Yeah. 12000 to win with the A-Mods. Yeah, that's that's going to be awesome. The fact that Terry Phillips has not won this race before, I didn't realize that. And Trenton said he's been at every one for him not to have won this race. That is really something. That's, that's got to be on his bucket list. Yeah, oh, there's no question about it because mm -hmm. he's won just about everything else. Yeah, no doubt about it. 
Well, uh, again, we want to thank everybody for tuning in to uh, 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 our show today. Um, listen, I know that we talked a lot about modified racing today, folks, but, you know, we love our sprint cars, and we're going to be talking a lot about those sprint cars uh, after this weekend. Um, Tammy said Bulls Gap got postponed until April 14th and 15th, Kirk. Did you see that? Uh, I missed that. So, yeah. yeah, this time of the year, boy, you just don't know what you're going to get in. So this weekend, the World of Outlaws is going to be at Talladega Short Track on Friday night. That's and going to be Mag, good. Miss Magnolia, Mississippi. Right. On Saturday night this weekend. So uh, hopefully keep your fingers crossed. The weather will cooperate both those two events down there. It'll be a lot warmer than Pennsylvania, that's for sure. No doubt about it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Mostly Motorsports. It's, again, it's all been brought to you by Rod and Supply, featuring the uh, Power Eye Midwest Lightning Sprints, and they will kick off their season April 29th down at Central Missouri Speedway in Warrensburg, Missouri. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in, and we can't thank you enough for all of our friends out on the East Coast that tune into our show. Thank you so much. We'll see you on Saturday morning, it's Track Talk with the Racing Boys. We'll see you then. Thanks for tuning in.